Blog Talk Radio. It's the Speedway Show, an idea exchange empowering us to live well, live fully, and love deeply. And now, here's our host, Speedway. Well, hello, Minnesota, and Australia, and Germany, and the United Kingdom, and Zimbabwe, and anywhere else in the world you might happen to be listening from. It is a beautiful day in Minnesota, and I'm actually sitting outside at the back of my house among the trees, so if you hear birds chirping, leaves rustling, cars driving by, it is because I am partaking of this gorgeous weather that we are having here. Our topic today is not the one, run! We previously did a show called 12 Signs He or She Is Not the One. Knowing someone is not the one and actually leaving are two completely different things, aren't they? Sometimes people stay in a relationship even when it's clear that the person is not the right fit for them. So what's the difference between knowing it's not quite right and getting to the point when you should not only leave but run? This is a live show. I'm actually um, recording today, right now, as I speak it. So if you have an opinion, give me a call, 877-560-6033. Today I'm going to give you seven scenarios when you should seriously consider running from a relationship. Number one, when there is abuse. This is the obvious one, right? As a starting point, let's just acknowledge that sometimes you really do have to run, literally. And I will give you my semi-abuse personal story. When I was in college, I was a freshman, and I dated a guy who had graduated, actually, at the time. And uh, he was Oh, boy, he was about seven years older than I was. So the seniors at my school knew who he was. And what they told me was that this fellow had actually uh, beaten up his the, the, the girl that he had dated when he was in college. And this woman was supposed to be, according to him anyway, the love of his life. He loved this woman to bits. It's just that she was an international student, so after school she went back home. I think she was from Thailand or Malaysia, I forget which one. And um, But he loved this woman. And all the seniors were looking at me like, well, you better watch out for that fellow because, you know, he hit her. And um, so he might be uh, the kind of guy who might hit you too under the right circumstances. And I didn't think too much of it, but I do remember there was this one day I met his place, And we get into an argument about something, I forget what. But he is on the far end of the living room, which happened to be closest to the bathroom and the bedroom and stuff over there. And I was on the couch, which just happened to be closer to the front door. So he starts, 
yelling about whatever it was we were fighting about. And all I can tell you is, as I watched this man, I could see the most ominous gathering of storm clouds I have ever seen in a human being. Now, for those of you who have ever seen me, I am five foot two. Um, and as a matter of fact, I'm probably closer to five foot one and a half. I just kind of rounded up to five foot two. And I'm, I'm petite physically. So this guy is an ex-football player, and he was in the business of, he worked at a tire manufacturing plant, so very physical work. So he is six foot three of bulk and muscle. He is a big dude. If he had laid his hands on me, he'd have tossed me around like a rag doll. And as he approached, he looked very much like that is exactly what he intended to do. So as he is advancing, I am up off the couch and backing away towards the door because I'm thinking my best shot at getting away from this guy is just not to be caught in the first place. So as soon as I get close enough to the door, I turned tail, leapt through that door, ran as fast as my short legs could carry me down the stairs to my car, flew back to my dorm room, and I have to admit, as I was running down the stairs, I was throwing my little two cents at him. And anyway, you did blah, blah, blah. And in any case, but that was only because I figured I could probably get away at that point. So that was my near encounter. And interestingly enough, within three months of his next relationship, that next girlfriend turned up on campus with her arm broken in not one, not two, but three places. So, ladies, I am here to tell you that you don't have to wait around for him to rearrange your body. You don't have to wait around for him to rearrange your face. If his idea of a relationship is that it includes a pounding on you when he's mad, and then he's probably going to blame you for making him mad, run! Run, literally, run as fast as you can and get away, get away, get away. So that's number one. That's the obvious stuff, right, when he is abusive. And on the one hand, while I say it's obvious, isn't it true, though, that there are so many women in particular who don't run? And that's why we have to keep talking about it and we have to keep thinking of ways to make this better because there are lots and lots of situations where, you know, he breaks her nose when they're engaged. Uh, So... She knows this is what's coming in the marriage, and she still doesn't run. Or he might beat her up when they're dating. And the very first time he does it, he apologizes. Oh, baby, I'm so sorry, but, you know, you make me so mad. Why you make me do that? And she feels like, oh, gee, it was it must have been me. And she takes that on, and she stays. So even though it should be obvious, it bears repeating that when there is physical abuse, Run, run fast, run literally, run out of there, because for the most part, it only gets worse. So that is number one. I told you I was going to do seven. So number two, when there is addiction, I would say in the face of any addiction, that is another run literally, run fast kind of situation. Don't wait around. Don't stick around. Just go. And the reason I say that is because in my experience, and I have, I'm a a lawyer, I did criminal defense law for a long time, I've worked with 
people who are addicted to drugs and alcohol. I have worked with people who love people who are addicted to drugs and alcohol. And I have talked to my fair share of abuse counselors as well as, you know, victims and so on. And what I firmly believe, based on all of that experience and all of those discussions, is that you cannot love a person out of addiction. You cannot cure a person's addiction with your love, no matter how much you love them, no matter how much you want them to be well. Every counselor I've ever talked to has said, the choice to get well is a personal one, and no one else can make that decision for the purpose who is drug or alcohol dependent or dependent on whatever else they might be doing. Can you be a friend to that person? Sure. Can you provide help and support along the way? Sure. But as far as getting yourself romantically tangled up with them, no. Run, run literally, run fast, run away, run away, run away. Number three, bad fit. One thing I will suggest to you is that reasons to leave don't have to be dramatic. Not every relationship falls apart for dramatic reasons like drug abuse, alcohol or physical abuse, infidelity, and so on. Many relationships fall apart simply because people aren't a good fit or they have grown in different directions. Sometimes you can see the incongruence early on in a relationship. I'll give you an example. Let us say uh, you have a man and a woman. Her idea of the perfect relationship is one where you bring home the paycheck, guy, and she spends it. I did a show uh, called Women Are Gold Diggers and Men Just Need to Run a while back where my uh, guest, uh, Sean King, and I unpacked this topic in detail. I was a fan of the show Desperate Housewives, and uh, on that show, for those of you who have never watched it, it, it has actually ended now, but for those of you who are not familiar, there was a couple on the show, Gabby and Carlos. Uh, Gabby was a gold digger, and she was a gorgeous model when Carlos found her and married her. And when he had an identity crisis and decided that he wanted to give up his high-flying corporate executive job to become a counselor, it did not go well because the deal that they had when they got married was Carlos was going to make the dough and Gabby was going to spend it. And Carlos, by the way, was supposed to make lots of dough for her to spend. And so they had quite the battle within their relationship when Carlos decided that actually what he really wanted was a more honest, a more fulfilling, a more um, fair and just kind of profession. And Gabby Gabby was like, oh, no, this was not the deal we had, Jack. And um, so that is one situation where if you're not into the gold digger scenario, if that's not your idea of the woman that you want, and yet you can see that that is what you have, that might be a time when you might need to run. 
Another example. Let's say that um, maybe your idea of the perfect relationship is one where the two of you get married, and yet you realize that your partner's idea is a live-in situation. And by the way, if you happen to be listening and you want something, uh, you want to participate, feel free to give me a call, 877-560-6033. So maybe you want to get married because your life manual says that this is God's best plan. Or perhaps you want to get married because a marriage is, in fairness, harder to unravel than a live-in situation and will perhaps force you both to work harder to stay together, whereas maybe he wants to live together precisely because it will be easier to walk away. And, uh, you know, I hear a plane overhead. Like I said earlier, if you're just joining the show, I'm actually sitting outside at my house enjoying the beautiful weather, so I hope that the plane is not overly distracting. And if you can hear the birds, hopefully that adds to the ambiance of the day. But anyway... Um, here you are thinking, gee, uh, I want to get married. This guy doesn't want to get married. Uh, He wants to live together. My suggestion is that particularly as people get older, sometimes they either get to know themselves and what they want with deeper conviction or they are more set in what they do and don't want. Therefore, if this is a difference between you and your partner, you are probably wasting your time if you stick around in the hope that by some miracle this person is suddenly going to change their mind and you're going to be on the same page. So that might be a situation where you might decide that actually this is a situation where you might need to walk away. And I happen to have a caller, 901, you are live on the air. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing very well today. How are you doing? All right, yeah, this is Joe Nickbone calling from Louisiana. And uh, and um, I, I want to just throw something out for you, because uh, we were discussing this uh, with some friends yesterday. Mm-hmm. When little girls are young, they get a Barbie doll. And I'm, I'm going to make a leap of assumption here and assume you may have had one in your life, right? Yes, I did. All right. Did you have the Ken doll? No, I didn't. Okay. Now, think about that for a minute. Now, Barbie had a whole bunch of stuff, and then she had Ken. But little boys did not buy Ken dolls. All right? Little boys bought G.I. Joe and any number of action figures, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But the things that are marketed to little boys Mm -hmm. were uh, uh, figures that de- depicted adventure, um, action, and or violence. You know, there was no, there was not marriage anywhere in that picture. But with little girls, there's Barbie, and they made a Ken for her, and, and, and the idea that, yes, Barbie and Ken are going to be together, and they're going to live in, you know, this wonderful condo and have an airplane and a Corvette and all that other fun stuff. So right away, <laughs> you have two different tracks that women and men are going down, okay? And, and can you can you see where I'm going with this? I'm listening with riveted anticipation. Yeah. So fast forward 10, 15, 20 years, you know, women have already been programmed with that marriage idea. 
that seed has already been planted and it grows over the years. This gets aligned with the princess story. There is a prince out there for you who will sweep you away. Oh and yeah. All of these, yeah, and all of these, all of these ideas and concepts are fed into little girls, but not fed into little boys. We don't have prince stories like that. We have hero stories. So you know, in 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 those hero stories are generally singular. You're not a hero to your woman or hero to your wife. You're a hero to the country, a hero to the world, and a hero to yourself. So you you have to really understand that, you know, these tracks that we're taking children down already set the tone for different views in a relationship, whereas women seem to, to be programmed to value that marriage as the prime expression of, of life. Men aren't. So, you know, we we are programmed you know, to sacrifice for for uh, God and country and all that other, and have a life of adventure and all that other fun stuff. So, getting away from that programming and being in a, a relationship where you have to basically put that warrior inside you to rest is a very, very difficult thing. Very difficult. I was married for ten years, and I'm telling you, my wife hated the thought of anything that could even remotely shake. Uh, uh, the stability of our marriage And I had to live a life Where what I wanted Took a second seat to what I had to do So, you know, you, you have to You have to factor all that in You know, you can't just say, you know, this guy's not ready for marriage It's more than that He's responding to the programming that he had as a child And in order in order to make the leap To be married You have to overcome that Well This is a very good point that you raised and actually, I'm so pleased that you called and you made the point because, frankly, I hadn't really thought very much about that. Um, I do remember I had a friend of mine, a guy friend of mine, who was talking in, in a similar way about this, and we were talking about relationships, and he said to me, you know, guys, guys just like to do what guys like to do. You know, we're right. not thinking hey, I've got this girlfriend over here, i got to go spend time with her, and if I'm doing this over here with my computers, I'm not spending time with her. He's thinking, and I just like doing computer stuff, so that's what I'm going to do. So I do have a question for you, which is then, yes. okay, when you are, as a man, when you are in a relationship, what are the things, have you, have you dated since you got divorced? Yes, briefly, yes. Um, dating okay. at, at age 50 has been a whole other experience, and you can create a whole other show about that. <laughs> well, tell me this. When you are in a relationship, what is it, right. or even if you want to draw upon, you know, the experiences of your friends, your marriage, whatever, mm-hmm. what is it that you as a guy consider your hot buttons that just trigger your wanting to leave that relationship? What is it that makes you go, oh, no, I have got to run? Hmm. Well, I guess it, it was different things at different points in my life. Um, at this point in my life, it's crazy woman. You know, I, and and this is going to be like a generalization, but I'm just doing it for the sake of conversation. So, you know, ladies yeah. out there, please forgive me. You know, but deep inside, every woman is crazy woman. This is the the eyeballs popping out, head head weaving, hand on the hip, yell at the top of her lungs, woman. And um, when she makes an appearance, it's time for me to go. Exit stage left. Have you met a lot of those? Um, it's in every woman. It just depends on, on if you step on the landmine to trigger her. Mm-hmm. Are there so, certain things that you have found to be common triggers? Well, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. And a lot of it really boils down to the difference in worldview 
between men and women. And again, women tend to like stability and um, and dependability, whereas you know, as a man, I like spontaneity. And right away, the two are never going to really mix. You know, you have to work very hard to find common ground that keeps both of you happy. You know, in that regard. So you know, it, it's fighting against that warrior in you that says, you know, I got to go see the world. You know, and uh, I, I want to do all these things. You know, have you ever been married? If, if I may ask this. I have. Okay. I was married for 13 years. All right. So you had that one day when your husband came home and he looked you in the eye and with the most seriousness he could muster up said, honey, let's sell this house and move to the Caribbean and open a bar. You know, or something crazy like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, Brazil but, and I said, oh, no, I go. am they, overseas. I'm not going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, 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 again, you know, that, that's that warrior spirit in all of us, that spirit of adventure in every man. Now, you know, the role of women, I think, primarily, is to take a man's dreams and, and work them into a functional reality and also to put limits, you know, on, on those on those kinds of things. Because, you know, I mean, it's a crazy idea, but it makes so much sense to us at the time we have those thoughts. Now, you know, generally we don't think it through to every detail. You know, most women that I've encountered in my life do. And so it's a nice balance when you can get, you know, both people kind of, hammering away at a thought, you know, in a positive fashion. But generally, um, um, you know, most women will give you that, brother, please, look, go back to your drawing board. You need to come back with something a little different than that, you know. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I bet you gave him that look, too. And he was like, ooh, this might not have come out the way it sounded in my head, you know. <laughs> yeah, it sounded a lot better when he was thinking it over. Yeah, yeah, always, yeah, always, you know. <laughs> so great ideas always sound better inside your head, you know. But uh, it's just the fundamental differences between us. Now, in this society, you know, as you know, most men do not have the luxury of having a woman come around to their worldview. Most times you have to knuckle under to theirs. It's like, and if you get uh, enough women together, they all commiserate about why doesn't he think like this, do this, or act like that without thinking themselves, how come I don't, you know, go to 50% and think like he does. So, I mean, you know, it's just the nature of our society now. Interesting. Well, you know, one of the things I think, uh, I was, I was, I have a seven-point thought process for when to run from a relationship. And one right. of the things that I was going to suggest is timing. Sometimes mm-hmm. the timing is just bad. So right. let's say, you know, He's just fresh from a breakup. It's a, whether it was a marriage, separation, long-term relationship, he's not over it. And, you know, having been divorced, there is that point where even if you kind of think you're over it, you're really not. And you find out you're really not sometimes because you get into a relationship and you've got all these weird triggers that you suddenly start to realize that, you know, maybe I'm not really ready. And... Sometimes getting into a relationship, which is, you know, I always hear from divorce counselors, do not, do not, do not get into another relationship when you are fresh off of your divorce because you're not ready. And so sometimes I think that, you know, for me at any rate, my my personal rule is if he hasn't been divorced a year, I'm not going to touch him. Because he's still going through the roller coaster, he's still finding himself, he's still thinking about, you know, what went wrong over there, and he's still got the scars, and a year is just my minimum. What do you hmm. think of that? No, I don't agree with that. Um, and, and again, this is strictly from a male point of view. Um, mm-hmm. You ever have a have a, a tool or uh, or 
even even more than that, you know, like swords and things like that. You know, they're made of metal, and mm-hmm. when you when you overstress them, they break. Okay, so the beauty about metal is it can, it can be reforged. You have to put it back in the fire, you know, and you can reforge it to what it was, or even something different, or even something better. That's the beauty about metal. And men are kind of like metal, you know. We have to be reforged. You know, a divorce leaves us broken, and we have to go into the fire and come out of it a new a new man. You know, we have to be recombined, reforged. Now, from my divorce, I can honestly say, you know, that post period, and, and it's very recent for me, you know, is the most vulnerable period of my life in terms of emotion, in terms of uh, uh, direction. You know, I felt like a rudderless ship. Now, what's interesting is, you know, um, with men, when you're in a moment like that where you're disoriented, um, where you're lacking focus and direction, those are extremely dangerous moments because we usually fill those moments with decadence, you know, mm-hmm. in various forms. And so if you allow too much time to pass, then you're going to have to fight getting over the decadence hump, you know, you because know, uh, uh, you start hanging out again, you start meeting different people with their own agendas, or you start going into things that uh, you necessarily shouldn't go to, gambling, you know, uh, strip clubs, drinking, all anything to fill in the time. So, you know, on the one hand, I understand, you know, what the professionals say, but on the other hand, it's like if I had somebody right now that was engaging my mind and and putting my mind into an area where, well, put it this way, giving me things to think about, not necessarily having a relationship, but challenging me, you know, as as a woman, I think that uh, it will offset the urges to, to, to go off into a decadent lifestyle. See, now, as a woman, the question that I would ask, if you put yourself in my shoes, the question I would ask a man at that stage is, you're going through the fire. You're vulnerable. Why would I want to go through that with you? Because just because you have a first of all, you may not even be selecting the right kind of relationship in that place because, I had a guy tell me once that men who are fresh off divorce, and feel free to disagree with this, um, mm-hmm. often will find the kind of woman who will help them heal. This is a woman who's going to take care of him, who's going to do whatever he needs for him. She'll be supportive. She's going to build him back up to the man that he has perhaps doubted himself to be. Once he is whole, once he is well, he's probably going to go back in search of his type, and usually the woman that he finds and when he's vulnerable like that is usually probably not even really his type. So if that's you, woman, then your experience might be I nurtured this man back to health, I built him up, and then when it was all said and done, he ran off and left for some mm. other woman who was just like his ex-wife. <laughs> mm. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I can't speak for every man. In my case, I don't need a woman to take care of me. I take care of myself extremely well. So, you know, in fact, that's been one of the problems of my relationships. You know, generally women don't know where to fit in. I mean, I don't need you to cook for me. I don't need you to clean for me or do any of those those uh, uh, household duties. And you know, here in the South, that kind of comes with the standard package. So when you refuse that package, it, it often leaves folks wondering, well, what can I do for you? I'm like, well, think about it. Talk to me. You know, I mean, give me the things that I can't do for myself, and that bewilders a lot of women. But 
you know, no, in my is, case, is, you know. Is what you're really after companionship as opposed to sort of the day-to-day stuff that a woman assumes that this is what I'm supposed to be doing? Sure, sure. I mean, one of the beauties of, of being married, right, um, and, and you know, my wife, even though I kind of really dislike her a lot now, you know, she did have some, some qualities that uh, that I really admired and actually miss a lot. And one of them is the is the uh the her superpower was checking me on my BS. You know? She knew when I was BSing always. And so, you know, it, it, it's nice to have somebody that you cannot sell BS tickets to. It's nice to have somebody that look you in the eye and say, Come on. You know, come on, let's be real about this. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be a relationship but just be a tight friendship. I mean, you know, at, at this stage of the game, I mean I'm fifty years old. You know, I've pretty much you know, had my day in the sun, you know, two or three times over. There's no need to, to run the streets as wild as I was when I was 20. And even if I did, I couldn't hang like I could at, at 20. So, you know, it, you know, I'm looking for somebody, you know, really, you know, to provide, a, I guess you could say, a, a degree of consistency and stability in my crazy life right now. Now, again, it doesn't have to be a relationship. I don't have to be a man. You don't have to be my woman. But if you're treating me right, you better believe I'm going to come, come, you know, come around you often, you know. So certain things grow organically, I believe. Okay. Well, listen. Thank you for calling in. And um, my other ones were almost at the end of our time, but um, I was going to suggest that sometimes, you know, ideological differences uh, create problems for couples. So we don't agree on kids, religion, where to live. Sometimes people have irreconcilable differences, politics, social standards, values, ideas about how to live. And sometimes you just see the truth in your relationship. You see that, um, boy, this person is just not in line with what I think about life and and where I want to go in life. And um, I wonder if you have, uh, as a parting thought, if you have found any of those to be true in your relationships where you just look at certain things and you're like, okay, aside from the fact that, you know, the crazy woman just showed up, um, I wonder if maybe you have found any of those to be situations where you feel like, ah, you know, I think I'm going to leave this one alone. Um, You know, at 50, I'm a lot more mellow than I was, you know, when I was younger, and I'm more forgiving about, you know, personality quirks, because I have a few myself. So, you know, I I tend to look for the glass to be half full as opposed to half empty. I'm looking at the reasons to stay as opposed to the reasons to leave. So, I mean, it really takes a lot, you know, for me to hit my eject button, you know, these days. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good. You said your name was Joe? Yeah, Joe Neckholm. Joe, thank you very much for joining me on the Speedway Show today. And uh, I hope you check back in. And uh, how did you find me today? Random. <laughs> Random. You're wandering around the web, but you said, hey, look at this. The show's on air. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, my name is Speedway, and you can visit com if you want to keep up with other shows that are coming. This is actually part of a series. So the first one was okay. How to Spot the One. Then we did, okay, so uh, 12 Signs, he or she is not the one. And uh, now it's, you know, okay, so now he's not the one or she's not the one, and uh, now it's time to run, and we'll probably do a couple of more. And, um, you know, I know I'm supposed to run, but I'm still here, which is a really common one for both men and women. And uh, so check back in with me, and uh, feel free to call in anytime the show is live. I'll be happy to talk to you, Joe. Take care. It's been great talking to you.
All right. And uh, to my listeners, what I would say is uh, the parting thought I would leave you with is running is not all bad. And, uh, you know, oftentimes we think, um, too often we think of it as bad because of what we run away from. But consider this. In running from dysfunction, disloyalty, and disrespect, I run toward love, loyalty, and life. In running from abuse, I run in hope towards wholeness. I might have to run through fear, through terror and pain, but I run to a brighter tomorrow. Sometimes the end of a relationship is really nothing more than an adjustment of your life's course to where it should be or closer to where it should be. So when it's the right thing to do, running from a relationship should not be viewed with dread and darkness, but with great courage and joy. Join me next week for another episode of the Speedway Show. And until then, this is Speedway saying, Go in peace if it is summer where you are. Enjoy the weather. And if you need to, put those running shoes on and run toward a better future. That is what we are going to be thinking about and trying to do. Thank you for joining us on The Speedway Show. Visit thespeedwayshow.com for content and other episodes. Join the fan page at facebook.com slash thespeedwayshow. And follow Speedway on Twitter at the handle The Speedway Show. Until next week, live well, live fully, and love deeply.